All right, inappropriate Earl in the house. We're back on our regular schedule of one a week. Next week, I got a guy coming, a secret guest from the show L.A. to Vegas that had a nice one-year run on Fox before they took it down. But today, I have someone who I've known for 20 years. We met at a shitty open mic that I was hosting. I did not know who this man was, and I gave him the light after five minutes. And that was my mistake because I had no idea he was getting ready for his multiple appearance on the tonight show but that's part of the beauty of la comedy you never know who's in the room put your hands together for canada's finest import other than rush the band mr ian bag hello Earl. was that the first time we met at uh it was mcred's in the valley which is now a walgreens oh perfect that's what that place deserved to be and um i didn't know who you were I thought the first time we met, maybe it was the second time we met, was at uh, the uh, kidney fundraiser in um, in that theater in the uh, valley inside a uh, uh, a graveyard. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Well, I think the first time we met was at the open mic that I was hosting, and then we did a show. Uh, for renal kidney disease, uh, four people. I don't think there four. were that many. It was, it was crazy. And the host was the his tennis name was guy. Kurt. Ah, I was trying to remember his name. The the tanned a tennis guy, and I remember his he did comedy again. His he was the host, and he came running out to like do this big intro, and it didn't happen. It did not happen. He was mortified. It was a bad night for him. But that and was, uh, I think we had known each other, but the first night. Was uh, when we really became friends. I know that. Right. Because, because I we just think, hung out in the back. I'm trying to think who else was on the show. There was, wasn't, uh, it's was only about four or five comics. I don't think they any of them do stand up anymore, do they? No. I mean, uh, at that time frame, I would say the people I started with, 85% have quit. Who's still around? It's tough. Uh, uh, boy, I mean, you'd have to really. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, well, Ralphie May's not around anymore. Uh, he took a different way out, though. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, five hundred ninety-four pounds. He didn't. He didn't just stop doing comedy. He just stopped. Did you know? Did you know him? Very little. Very little. Knew him very little. Great guy. Great guy. Either, oh, I heard. I heard people either loved him or they hated him. I mean, I didn't know anyone uh, who disliked him, but, you know, I'm sure we're all... I'm sure we're all like, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm sure someone doesn't like me out there. Who does that? I'll fucking kill that guy. I probably swear this one? Oh, yeah, you can swear on this one. It's probably a roast battle comic. Ooh, I would love to see you on that show. I know you're very much above that kind of uh, shenanigans. Terrifies me. That whole roast battle thing terrifies me. I just, I, I watch it and I go, I can't do that. I couldn't do this. Yeah, but you're so fast and quick that I don't think, uh, and you, how long have you done comedy? Uh, 25 years. So there's nothing you haven't seen, done, or heard. I've never, I've seen it all, Earl. I've seen it all. Especially at the Vancouver Comedy Festival. Oh man. Yes, that was good times. When we Who did, all went with us to there? Was it Brian? Yeah, well, for those of you not knowing what the hell we're talking about, uh, 
I often reference this show in terms of uh, what Hollywood is thinking. I want to say we. You were the Tosh 2.0 before Tosh 2.0. You know what? You know what I was. I was an internet show before it was the internet. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, like we we were we did this show. And it was basically a YouTube crazy podcast kind of show, but we didn't have the technology to air it. And and it, it was fun. It was it was with my buddies. I got a bunch of buddies together, and we kind of created this thing. And then some people seeped in and kind of got in between the cracks and pushed us apart. And some people thought it was going to be the next big thing. We we had a couple chances. We did have a couple chances, and we just didn't take off. We were doing. It was called the Ian Bag Show, and it was like basically a live talk show. That uh, did it start in Hermosa? Started in Hermosa. Started was, with Hermosa. We had Chris Rock on. We had uh, Tosh. Yeah, Tosh. We had Gary Shandling on. That was my favorite part. Was we had Gary Shandling on a fake talk show. A guy that had a fake show about a fake show. We had him on a fake show. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean the guests were uh, always top notch. Yeah, we always got really good. We almost, we almost the one time, uh, who, who's, uh, we almost got. Um, I'm, I'm a fuck. Why am I blanking on his name? Everybody loves him. Uh, the guy that was doing stand up at Hermosa all the time. Uh, Jay Leno. No, no. Uh, uh, the old guy that died. Uh, why am I blanking on his name? Everybody. Carlin. Yeah, George Carlin. Yeah, he was. Uh... He was. Remember, he was doing. He wanted to come across and do it, but he just couldn't. He he was so. He was so crazed about his doing his show, he couldn't take and leave that. So, uh, and we had Doctor Ken, Doctor Ken, who's like huge now. We had people on the show that I've seen years later that become stars, and I, I would forget that they were even on the show. Uh, remember, there was a there was a show about a, a guy that was a nerd that was a spy. Um, it was on for years. Uh, not my name is Earl. Not my name is Earl. That's not about a nerd. That is about a good guy but, trying to like recreate his thing. It was kind of like that. It was like Ray or something like that. It was like this this show. It was like one thing. And this guy comes into the improv one night, and I'm standing there waiting to go on. He goes, "Hey Ian, how are you?" And I go, "Good." He goes, "Thanks for having me on your talk show. It was always a lot of fun." And I go, "How how's everything doing? Like, is are you going well?" And as I said that, I look behind him, and it was a billboard of him right behind that's crazy i'm just like oh cool and then we had uh singers on we had musicians i wish we'd you know who i wish we'd had on who steel panther i just saw them for the very first time uh last, are you serious yeah i mean i'm but you know the kind of music i yeah. listen to but for whatever reason i had never seen them live okay that blows me away uh, well i it was uh i i it was packed at the uh, anaheim house of blues uh-huh you literally could not have fit one more person in this room. Right. I mean, I've never seen a crowd uh, rabid so jammed into a room in my life before. Uh, and their their me too type of uh, humor it's is uh, they were singing one song, one of their originals that I didn't know. And they stop in the middle of the song, house lights go up, and the singer looks at this a black dude in the crowd and goes. Hey man, look everyone, it's a black guy, and then go right back into the song. <laughs> they're so funny, like they are so and so talented. Oh well, they're all uh, the guitar player Russ. He used to play in Rob Halford's band. Oh really? After he left Judas Priest, so they're in the uh, Ralph, uh, the singer. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He, he was in the uh, probably the preeminent cover band of all time. 
the Atomic Punks. Which he was is, in Atomic Punks? He's the singer. That's funny. Which is why they call him, what do they call him? David Lee Ralph. Uh, I opened for them uh, Atomic Punks when I first moved to uh, California from New York. 2000 2001 in an indian casino in the middle of nowhere and it was they were they were amazing then but it was so empty it was so it was crazy i mean they're killing it uh, are they still doing it do they still do it uh, yeah oh yeah i mean they uh, when does he have time well um i think whenever steel panther just has an off week or which they probably rarely don't because they make so much money overseas so much i mean they I did a podcast with him and Dean Del Rey maybe two years ago, and he pulled up to Dean's house in a brand new Escalade, but in full uh, costume. And I was excited to talk to him about, you know, what are your influences? Right. Like, did you grow up liking Rat and Poison? And the whole time he just talked about how much pussy he got. So he's in complete character. Yeah, it was time, great. Having a good time. So fucking funny. I didn't They're, appreciate it then. Right. When you're like trying to get on. Look, I'm trying to be serious. Because I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I When I seen them, all I could think was every guitar act I've ever seen is shit. Because they're so they're so funny and so talented and just writing their own stuff. Like their, their own songs are just hysterical. So I would just I would like, come on. You got to put an effort into it. You know what? The last show that I've seen. It was like that. What? Uh, Absinthe in, in Las Vegas. I don't know how often you go to Las Vegas, but go see Absinthe. It's offside, just like that, but it's all about, it's kind of got the old Ian Bag feel. It's like a guy that runs a circus, and he has all his circus freaks, and it's offside and funny, and it's just great. I it'll mean, make, I, it'll make you work harder. I hate Vegas. I hate Vegas, but it's the funniest show ever. Uh, but there's a lot of comedy. Uh, it's a hot comedy town. Do you do you play there much? Uh, you know, I used to with Rob Schneider a lot. Mm, uh, dropping names. Well, no, it's the only. Uh, you know, now I have actual TV credits mm, because of Rob Schneider. No, not because of Rob, but he did try. <laughs> he didn't help you? Oh, well, um, I remember the first time I ever tried out for the Montreal uh, Comedy Festival. Uh, it was at three of clubs. They were having showcases at three of clubs. So funny. But it's crazy. But it was like a legit, like, right. uh, like Rachel. Well, I, I think I was there. I think I went and supported you that night. You might have been. I mean, this is 2010-ish. Yeah, I think I went and seen you, you there, and you didn't get it, right? Uh, I never got it. Uh, I mean, I got it through Roast Battle years later. Uh, you know. Uh, I remember but, you being bummed. I remember you being bummed. Well... And I said to you, don't you don't need it? Why? Well, well, you know, at the time it was like I, I was nine years in, and uh, you know, just to be honest, uh, I didn't really have a lot going on. What did uh, I? What did I always tell you? Just be funny. Just be you. Just fucking do it. But I I tried that route, and uh, it, you, you all you just did you. Well, uh, you you did you. That's why you become so successful. But I still haven't been on TV as a stand-up, which is what I still want. You'll get it. Well, the only reason I want it, though, and you've been on TV more than most, has a comic. Right. Uh, is uh, it helps you get better gigs. Like It does, but it doesn't. It doesn't make you famous. It doesn't. You know, if I can suggest anybody for you to look at, Tom Segura. Tom Segura didn't have that many TV credits, and then he started. He just he did his podcast. He did his thing. 
he got his chance with his one, you know, by mistake, his one Netflix, and he did it, and he stuck to his guns, and he did him. And it's all you can do. You never know what's going to push you over the other side to sell a ton of tickets, but you should never worry about it. I don't want, I don't think you should worry about it. You know, I'm I'm not being a dick here when I say you're, you're not struggling financially. So you should just always be, be you because you're one of the funniest people I've ever known. You're one of the most interesting people I've ever met. That's uh, true. It's, it's my wife is just like that. Earl guy is one of my favorites. He's sweet and he's funny and he's nice. So you know, just don't don't worry about it. You probably you may end up producing your own thing that ends up on Netflix or on on uh, Amazon, but it's it's just a legit if somebody else produces it for you. So oh yeah, you know don't 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 overthink yourself. But I mean, this just business. keep putting up naked photos of yourself on Instagram. And I'm I'll be selling happy. out. I, I fucking mean, love it. It makes me laugh. You know, I'm like fucking Earl's just just buff, just I'm, fucking. Buff. I just suck it all in. He's but, just fucking so buff. You know, I'm just trying to uh, find different avenues into the uh, you know adult porn world. <laughs> well, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> I don't think the, the Booker from Conan's going, we should have this guy on our show. He's half naked. The Booker from Conan is only having the guys that he has coffee with. Well, but, uh, I, think he's, I don't think half of them are funny. You know, it's all good. What am I, I'm not supposed to not say that. They're all great. They're fantastic. Well, but I was, uh, when I saw you do the Craig Ferguson show, I went with you and you, I believe he was your manager at the time. Uh, Alex? Well, I didn't want to say his name. You can say it. I love Murray. Murray, we had a great time hanging out with him, you know, just uh you know relationships end in this in this business and sadly that one ended and i've always considered him a friend and a good guy oh he's great he's yeah. always very nice to me and yeah, uh, as he should be uh but like it was fascinating who's, who's, uh, anybody that's not nice to you you need i need to know so i don't treat them well okay oh i got a few people i'll Please tell you that. off air okay good uh but like it was just fascinating to see uh when you did ferguson how much they micromanage you they fucking yeah like take us through that you get you because you, i don't think people know i know gary gulman uh was tweeting about how you know it is on a tv gig but like for a four and a half minute set it used to be when i first did conan o'brien it was seven minutes my first conan o'brien was seven, seven minutes i wore i wore my best clothes at the time and that was a pair of logging boots a pair of shorts and a logging shirt I had I had um, uh, long hair that I had cut off into a bob, and that's what I that's how I did my first Conan set. By the time I started doing the show, only show I ever wanted to do was was Letterman, and Eddie Brill was the booker of it, of that. And I they said send in a tape. We want you to do the show. I sent in a tape, and they said they picked out one joke. And they said, we want to build around this. We want more stuff like this. And I was like, well, that's just one of my jokes. And they just kept getting, kept cut, and he kept cutting that joke till it was just basically an intro. And I sent him another, another tape of a whole different set. And he said, no, the whole set. No. Eddie Brill was saying yeah, no. Yeah, he said, no, David won't like this. And I'm just like, uh, I, I don't. I don't get what I'm doing here. I don't. I don't get if you know, like if he wants me on the show, he wants me, right? So you're trying to be yourself, but they just, they just, they, they take the guts out of your, your 
those four minute TV sets. They just, if they just trim, they just trim and trim. And you, you know, as a comedian, our job is to trim the fat off jokes. That's what we are. Basically a comedian is an editor is one of the best editors ever and knows how to just chop off stuff that gets in the way of, of the funny. But they, as TV people just continue to chop it. And now they don't, they used to come out and watch your sets and pick jokes and tell you not to do them. Now they make you write them down. And I don't know if about you, but when I write stuff down, it does not look funny at all. Right. It's written down. I'm just like, oh God, there's nothing funny here at all. So they will give their voice to as your in you. Like you, you'll take you, you'll be on 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 a show doing their what they've picked and they've made you sound like what you are going to be on TV. So I, I don't know if any of that makes sense. I don't know if your people will understand what I'm saying, but it just think about it. If, if they, they took somebody's song and just ripped out a bunch of it and just, it was just one word. It was just living on a prayer and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> was it the same on last comic standing? Last comic standing. Uh, you just had to, write write what you had to write it all down and they would uh the way they'd edit it is uh standards and practices and also the uh sponsors so the, there would be somebody there that would make sure that you weren't taking out like doing a joke about one of their sponsors they took a bunch of jokes out about mine because i did something about sponsors um standards and practices for the last for the last um the last episode I was on, the final episode, uh, didn't get one of the jokes. I, I wrote this joke and it was all about going down on a girl for the first time and they did not get it at all and they cleared it and then I did it and then they, then they everybody lost their mind and said that they didn't clear it and I'm like, I got the email right here that it's cleared and, and <laughs> it was different. It was different. Last Comic Standing was more for make sure you don't offend our sponsors Make sure you don't get us in trouble for saying the wrong thing. Right. So that's that's what that was, which to me, to me was fun was kind of stupid anyways because they didn't show your whole set. You right. Know? So it's basically so, two minute clips. Right. right? So, so so you do five minutes. We'll, we'll just let us do five minutes and then you you clean it up. You know, like you figure out what what should be. Let us just be funny, because it's not like it's not like Conan and, and all that where you're putting the whole set on. What did you get more nervous for? Uh, First episode of of Last Comic Standing. But why? Because you'd done TV up up at until that point. You had been on TV a bunch. A bunch, yeah. All I could think was, what if I can't get through the first round? Do I ever work again if I can't get through the first round of Last Comic Standing? Is That's it because you were more established comic than like? Because when I think that? of Last Comic Standing, I think of like frankly people like me who are like trying to get their first tv gig yeah like well uh, to me to me last comic standing and i'd been asked for probably i think seven years of it i think i'd been asked for six of the seven years to do it and i kept saying no so when i finally did it uh you know i, I was just like and and trust me i didn't want to do it all i could think it is a contest and it is uh, you know in your brain i'm better than this but really nobody's better than it we're, we're all just trying to get a, a little bit more tv time and at the end of it the thing that made me laugh was i was like oh it's stupid not to do this many years ago because it would have put my sense of humor in front of people that weren't seeing me sure i'd have done lots of hbo uh lots of uh late night stuff you know but there there's a different audience between the hours of eight and ten 
that had never seen me before that got to see me by doing that show. Because like when I saw you on a, I didn't watch it, but like I was like, oh wow, like oh why? That's what you should have said. Oh why? He's better. Like I, I don't know. I just thought you were above the show. Am I? Well, I mean, I'm not above anything. I but mean, I'm neither am I. I don't. I don't. I don't. That's not how I feel. I was more. I was embarrassed doing it. I was. I was a little embarrassed. I thought. I thought I was above doing it as well. But I wasn't. You know. Now what? You finished second. Uh, something like that. Yeah. I, th- I think. I think I got disqualified or something on the, on the last episode. Why is that? Because of the. They said that my jokes weren't cleared. Oh, okay. Yeah. And who won? Um. You know what? I was on a tour bus with him for three months, and I should know. But um, oh, you guys did like a last comic yeah. standing tour. Um, I can't remember. He was a really nice guy. Really nice guy. Wasn't and a black dude. He was a black it? dude. Yeah, but he's a really nice guy, and he's from uh, Atlanta. And it's not it's not Rodman, but it's another guy. Um, because Rodman won the year before, so. Um, uh, but it was it was good. It was fun. It was, it just put me in front of people that never seen me before and helped sell some more tickets. So it's all about selling tickets, right? Oh, ultimately. I mean, that's why I did Roast mm-hmm. Battle. I mean. You know. I would have done Roast Battle, but nobody asked me, and I was frightened of it. <laughs> yeah, but I think you you would be so good at that because, you know, you're going up against pretty much. I just, but the only thing I don't, I don't, I some of those guys got a lot of anger in them, and I don't, I don't have anger. You're looking at one. What's that? You're, you're, you don't have anger, and you fucking come out and dress as the ultimate warrior, fucking goddamn stupid stuff like that. There's no anger in you, but some of those guys, they're they're they're, they're really they're they're hate filled. Well, I mean, when you do, well the weekly show, which is still, I mean, you've done comedy a long time. I've done it, you know, probably close to twenty years. I've never seen a show be popular for five years, like it's still tonight it's going on it's uh-huh. sold out uh i you know like i remember when dublin's was popular for a year or two right it kind of faded to you know uh but it was about five years it was when it was pa- it was packed for about five years oh see i only remember it being like super hot i remember for like, i remember it just being packed all the time i remember that just going there and fuck they used to make me follow dane every time and that's why i stopped going because i was like guy's blowing up becoming a huge star and you're gonna make me follow him every fucking time what was your strategy like he's he's you know because that room you think his fan base is those adolescent you know college kids it's it's jay's you know nothing against jay davis but it's jay's kind of when he was booking all those places was the same kind of people was kind of club club kids uh just a night off from fucking them doing cocaine and dancing and and uh, you know strippers and porn stars and and girls that had just moved from the midwest that wanted to be models that were were smoking hot but had no chance at all kind of thing yeah. you know and, and and they just wanted to be seen it was just and and for some own reason dane radiated with them like just 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 glowed in their eyes and everybody else just struggled and really had some some people had some real difficult sets at that place boy Oh yeah, I mean, if you, I think I was one of them. Oh, I'm uh, sure I was one of them too. So, uh, I mean, that was in my hockey jersey days when I was a little. I love that. Uh, you don't wear them anymore. No, actually, because of that pilot we did together, one night stand up uh, at the comedy store, mm-hmm. Barry Katz production. Uh, <laughs> he grabbed me right before I went on stage. He's like, "I had a, I'll never forget. I had a New York Rangers Matthew Barnaby jersey." Barnaby. And he has Whitney Cummings just saying my name. He grabs me. He goes, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, oh, I just, 
I always wear these on stage. He's like, well, fucking take it off because of the logo, you idiot. And then I that's, had it. That's not, but that's, I'm pretty sure. Ah. Oh, I bombed horribly. I knew the first joke I did, which I still think is one of the best jokes I've ever written. Uh, in hindsight, it was a mistake to start off a dating show with a rape joke, but. <laughs> you never start with a rape joke. You always end with a rape joke. Well, but I mean, it's just on, right, right around with the Duke lacrosse thing, and right. I I'll just go for it. I used it. to wear a Duke lacrosse shirt. <laughs> but do you remember that? You know, the girl never saw saw yeah, your yeah. Uh, saw you. She heard your act, so I thought, oh, maybe she'll like dark humor. And then when I did the oh, rape yeah. joke, uh, the only at four hundred people in the main room, uh, I'm excited to get get in front of Barry Katz, but not have to do last comic standing. Cause back then it was like still had the stigma of like dat fan went in. Right. And I'm like, well, I get to be in front of Barry Katz without going on that show. I forgot dat fan won that show. Well, he beat Ralphie may, which is crazy. Uh, you know, Ralphie made a career out of it. And I think doesn't dat fan like working, isn't he an aerospace engineer or something? I mean, I still think he does comedy, but like he even admitted himself when he went, I don't know him by all accounts. He's a nice guy. Uh, he even said, you know, all I had was 10 minutes. Well, do you remember that year? Nothing against that fan. Um, <laughs> but, um, that was the year that there was a big explosion and they wanted more Asians on TV. Do you remember that whole thing broke out? There was like this, this big, I think Sarah Silverman said something and, and people were like, there's no Asians on TV. And because she said something racist <laughs> and, and then the next thing, you know, like, they're like, Hey, we keep an Asian guy on every week. We've got an Asian guy on, on NBC every week. And I think Bobby Lee, unfortunately for dad was just kind of blowing up, like, you know, getting his first, rush of fame so it was like oh well this guy just sounds like he's doing bobby lee jokes right which he might have been he might have been who knows i don't know i don't i don't <laughs> i mean i don't but you know i remember when i bombed the first rape joke uh the only two people laughing were you and dave taylor in the back i'm like that's not a good sign i was laughing at the joke dave taylor was laughing at you bombing uh um uh, <laughs> Well, I, I learned I learned a very valuable lesson because I remember backstage, all you guys were reading your notes and, and going over your set list. And I thought, what are these guys doing? Let's just go out there and wing it. <laughs> well, I mean, because Rob Pugh went on. I'll never forget. Rob fucking Pugh. I forgot he was on that show. Uh, he was killing. Pew, pew. So I was set up for success. And then uh, I just thought, I'm just going to wing it. And, uh, you know, it was a valuable lesson. Should have. It was just a pilot. That's what blows my mind about him saying, don't wear that out there. It was just a pilot. It was never going to air. Like, well, it might have been. No, but they would still, as a pilot, they would have they they done some work on it. It would have been fine. Well, I don't and think... Uh, I don't think it was a good thing for him to do. To, he got in your brain just before you went on. You know, I can't blame Barry for that I one. I can. Because uh, I had him on the podcast recently. Uh, oh, my God. Did you, get a, did you get a headache? I got a lot of comics telling me don't release it. Like, I guess he's burned some bridges with certain comics. And uh, I myself found him, uh, uh, you know, because I uh, had a problem with maybe how I was treated on Roast Battle. And it, and it was basically a debate. He said, well, Earl, this is what they were thinking. And I was like, well, Barry, I, I like the episode. So, uh, but I know he's had uh, some differences with people. 
He's yeah. had a lot of difference with people. He's, he, he, you know, he does his thing and whatever. I just, uh, I just, he was, he was a failed stand-up. I think is what he was, right? So, oh, I mean, I think he, yeah, he started comedy in Boston with like Burr and all those guys, mm-hmm. and uh, for whatever reason, he didn't, uh, you know. Uh, I remember, I remember meeting with him. I was looking for managers time, and I met with him, and I just, I remember getting a headache halfway through the conversation i was like oh if i'm already getting it now i can't be signing with this guy because at some point with your management they over talk you they just talk and talk and talk and you get a headache and i'm like if he's doing this immediately i'm not gonna last more than a week with him so i i, I remember just saying thank you barry and just moved on but uh why why do people say you shouldn't release it though well i guess he had uh possibly had some uh did he say did he slam some people no he he was very complimentary toward a lot of people but uh i you know i think i put an instagram photo of hey look who's on the podcast out tomorrow and i got several like what you call a level comics uh going uh this guy uh possibly uh some financial disputes and but that's uh, not that's that's okay you, well I, but you know these are comics that you know to be you know i've lived my whole life by not burning bridges in the comedy but you're not burning world. but you're not burning a bridge by interviewing somebody well i mean i don't think anyone was threatening me if you release it we're gonna fucking blackball you but you know i don't want to like upset anyone who's you know higher up the food chain than me which is pretty much everybody shut it uh, catch your own cartoon well the cartoon's going good and uh you know uh roast battle well, you know, I don't really do it anymore just because I didn't like how I was treated. But, uh, you know, because I'm alone. What happened? Wolf. Explain to what well, happened. Because I don't know what happened. Like when, if you want to get this out, I'll tell you. Well, you, well, yeah. You'd be... I, I have nothing to do with it. So. Right. Well, I mean, uh, and it's part of the reason why I wanted Barry on because I don't have representation. Uh, you know, I've, I've got the best voiceover uh, representation in the world, but that is almost, ir- you know, irrelevant in the stand-up world. Uh right. And so, uh, you know, I was a part of Roast Battle from day one. Right. Um, Were you, could you consider yourself a creator? uh, No, Brian Moses created it, uh, but uh, I helped build it. Um, So then, uh, you know, they do, what they did was, uh, you know, we did an untelevised season in Montreal Mm-hmm. that uh, they couldn't call roast battle because there were some uh, discrepancies with some people in, in the show. And so they called it the Jeff Ross roast masters presents. And uh, I played the racist heckler uh, with my uh, girlfriend at the time. Uh, Cause I just thought it'd be funny to have this hot chick. Who's really funny. Be racist with me. Kind of soften the blow. Right. Uh, and uh, actually, when I say, I, I, it's usually, there's a lot of hot women that are racist. <laughs> so, 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 okay. So, so we do uh, roast, it, well, uh, the Jeff Ross Roast Masters in Montreal, and uh, Jimmy Carr won it. And, uh, you know, some great comics in there. You probably know them all. Tom Ballard is mm-hmm. a great Australian comic. And, uh, Joe DeRosa and Sartiana and, and people like that. And then so they wanted to do Roast Battle. Uh, they got the rights to the name or whatever was going on with certain people. And uh, so they do a Road to Roast Battle. Uh, it's like a preview show. Uh, it's 10 LA comics. I think they did one in New York as well. It's a long story. So I'm trying to like, um, and the 10 people uh, who were in LA, um, like the, I think certain matchups were created for them to do well. 
Of course, like uh, every TV show. Right. I did not uh, get that luxury. Uh, you know, you had Who people. did you have to go against? Well, long story short, I will tell you, you had like one, one matchup was two podcast partners who were friendly with each other. Uh, another uh, matchup was uh, these two girls who the one girl had already beaten the other girl. So uh -huh. it was like a... Not a gimme, but like, you know. Replay. Uh, Sarah Tiana, uh, who I love to death, uh, she got a, a George Perez, who's probably the best improv roaster. He could go in here. He could come in this room right now and roast you. Mm -hmm. Not He didn't even have to know your name. He would just look at you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great roaster, but he's, you know, he's Mexican prison gangs. <laughs> so he's he's easy to write for. Right. Uh, Guy Branham and Alex Hooper, same thing. Uh I get Jesse Joyce, uh -huh. brilliant comic, great roaster, uh, writes jokes for Jeff. So I was like, well, I'm trying to get on a Comedy Central show. Right. And you're putting me up against a guy who writes for every roast. He writes jokes for Jeff on these roasts. Why am I getting him? Right. You know, the matchup to make was me and my ex-girlfriend at the time, because she was in the show too. Right. Like oldest, youngest. I think we we're still dating at that time. Like, that's the, that's what should have been. Right. And uh, so I was like, well, clearly you guys want Jesse to win. Like, and I wouldn't blame you. So I, uh, you know, I. Did you do the rape show first? I, I did like a, a Mike Tyson knockout. Uh, and I could tell when I was looking over the Comedy Central execs, they were not happy. Like, this is their guy. This is not looking good. That's some unknown. Oh, so you you were crushing him? Yeah, and he's great. I just his he's he's a wordsmith. Uh, you know his his jokes are uh, long, right? And the roast ballads. Quick, quick. Well, yeah, Ian, you look like blah blah blah. Right, right. Bam. Yeah. Or Earl, you. But uh, so they basically had to take me to Montreal. They they just had no choice. <laughs> so uh, and then I got the toughest bracket in the history of of. Uh, of time i had to face tom ballard who in the untelevised show in a lot of people's opinion beat jimmy mm -hmm. and then uh so i beat tom and he's great it's just you know i beat him and then i get jimmy carr and then i beat jimmy and then uh and they were not happy about that because they wanted him to win the whole thing because he's jimmy he's yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know he's, he's the best but you know it's said a good night or whatever and then i get sarah tiana and then i get uh k trevor wilson who's like oh, do you know k trevor why, 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 why? great canadian comic uh isn't no, that no. letter kill kenny or that show oh, yeah, 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 yeah. uh kill. so uh you, you know everyone else was getting like you know it's, i love steve and it's easy but like you know people got him and like, why didn't i get steve we know each other right like, can I get one easy matchup? Right, right. Uh, so basically, Barry was like, well, you know, but you made it, Earl. You made them use you. And I was like, well, why did I have to make them? Like, Because that's what it is. You know, if I, I will tell you, as, as a guy that did Last Comic Standing, where they wanted to fucking knock me out a couple times, you fucking forced yourself in the door. You got you to gotta remember, this door. the door opens this much, and you have to open it the rest of your way. But see, to me, and I'm probably being naive. You are being naive. You're being you're gonna be a complete pussy. Like, and they're giving you, they're, <laughs> the fact the fact that they're letting you be part is that much. You have to fucking go the rest. There, there's very few people that get the whole door open. 
Well, I'm not necessarily asking for the whole door open, but I just yes, you want the whole door open. No, not really. But you got what you won. You didn't you? Well, I didn't win the whole thing. I lost to Sarah. Uh, and well, then, how'd you fuck that up? Well, I, <laughs> Sorry. Well, she's. Uh, I got scared because uh, started with the rape joke. Well, no, I started with an abortion joke with Sarah. <laughs> Love it. Because, uh, you know, she yelled out, who told you Rose battle is a very, uh, the, the judging can be very pro wrestling like, right? So like in, in my, against Tom Ballard, I had David Spade and Kevin Hart as judges. And, you know, so they were like, they had no bone in the fight. Right. Uh, and then against Jimmy Carr, uh, I had Jimmy Kimmel and Seth Rogen and, uh, they, same thing. They were judging based on who they really thought won. Uh, but against Tiana, uh, Sarah Silverman was a judge. Mm. And uh, I, mm. well, I knew that uh, Sarah Silverman was not happy with how she was portrayed. I believe it was on the James Franco roast where she was called old and uh, basically. Really? Yeah. She did not like the old jokes. Huh. Uh, and, uh, and Sarah Tiana's not old and she's one of my best friends. But, you know, it's roast battle. Right. You gotta say something mean, right? Uh, so I think, well, I can't call her old, I can't call her fat, and she's not fat at all, right? But you know, it's like you gotta say something mean, right? Uh, so I said, well, Sarah Silverman's not gonna like it if I do that, so I went with an abortion joke instead, and it didn't work that good. And then I just was Sarah's such an animal, Tiana, that like she just she's blood, she pounced on it, and uh, you know, I. So did that, uh, and I hate to sound stupid, that whole season aired though, right? Oh yeah, season one was, uh, you know, it was huge. It was like, you know, for a Comedy Central show, like people were having watch parties and like all that stuff. But, uh, and I had a meeting, long story short, I had a meeting with a management company recently and uh, they said, well, Earl, in your, in your fantasy world, what do you want, what would you want us to do for you? I like, fucking hate that question. Well, I was ready for it. Like I was I hate like that question. What, what does you want to do for it? get me work, you fucking yeah. shits? Uh, but I get me dinner. I was like, uh, so I basically told them the uh, abbreviated story of what I just told you now, and they're like, "Well, Earl, if we were repping you, here's what would have happened: uh, one, uh, you would have been on all three seasons of the show. Uh, you would have basically got to pick who you bat wanted to battle within reason, and uh, this management company. Um, well, I'll tell you off air. You know, I don't want uh, that, any of these idiots not, listening. Sounds like Donald Trump management company because they're fucking bullshit. Yeah. Well, maybe they were, but like, uh, and they also said you would have gotten a piece of the show because I you, do. I I do think you should own a little bit of the show because I when I. And I was nowhere near it, but all I when I heard Rose Battle, I heard your name mentioned every time. So, uh, well, I mean, this I be, this is before it even went to Montreal. Well, uh, because the first like year, year and a half before Jeff uh, got on board, you know, the battles weren't very good. You might luck out and get one good battle out of four. Back then, it was like four a night. Uh, so people were coming for the sideshow that me and Moses would create, and Coach T, mm -hmm. who's the quickest. I don't know if you've, you probably have never worked with Coach T, just probably don't work with DJs. And, yeah. but uh, his uh, just quickness is, is like 80,000 sound files. And one second after a joke is told, and he doesn't know what jokes are being told, he'll have a, a sound like a for it. Barrel. Like yeah. it's just unbelievable. Like I did a Boys in the Hood joke once because Russell Simmons was one of the judges. I thought, oh, I'm going to go for it. Uh, 
and uh, he had a sound effect of the guy going Ricky when he got That's shot funny. in the end. Yeah, I didn't tell him I had that joke. Like he, it's really he's the star of the show, and Moses is a great host. But uh, you know, so that's you know what the management company said. Oh well, I agree. Know. I agree. With, I'm on one of those things, and that's that you should own some. Well, I mean, I think uh, you know, it's but the show gave me everything. Like it got me on the fucking cartoon. Uh, you know, a fan made that. Uh, it's my so cartoon it's, character. I look at a camera and they're watching. Um, <laughs> And they got me on the Showtime show, so it's like... Uh, What's the Showtime show? Well, I'm dying up here, which is no longer oh, with yeah, us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that got you on that? Yeah. I thought that, you know what, that, I thought that was a good show, and I was actually surprised that they got rid of it, because the other one on HBO is horrible, but that one, that I'm dying up here, I, I thought was fun to watch. I mean, I think the, the number one complaint that I would get just through my friends, they would be like, dude, it's not that funny. It and wasn't funny at all, but this, I didn't watch it for the funny, I watched it for the stories. But it was like, uh, you know, stand-up is a depressing business. Yeah, fuck, yeah. I mean, I've known, uh, let's see, 20 years of doing stand-up. I would say I've known 10 people who've either committed suicide or people like Ralphie, uh, you know. Just died. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, you might say. The addictions, was- the friends you have that have addictions, friends that, you know, just there's there's people it's that, that fucking just, just it's, it's a tough it's a tough business to be in. Like we're just talking about doors opening doors close. Mostly if you thought if you had to go to a job interview every day of your life, maybe two or three times a day, like every time you go to a stand up club, you're fucking you're auditioning for the crowd. And at some point, hopefully you get to the point where people know you, but until you have a following, you have your first five minutes are fucking auditioning for the people. Yeah, I mean, and I think in this, uh, maybe I'm a Being bit jaded, but like you're not jaded. But I mean, if people don't know you from TV, they're like, all right, make us laugh, monkey boy. Yeah, you know, like you, uh, you know, they're gonna know you from Last Comic Standing, Ferguson, Conan. They uh, don't know me. I, I mean, I I disagree with you, but like, you know. Uh, but I I get what you're saying. Like in someone like my case, if they don't watch roast battles, like okay, who's this guy? But you got five minutes. The clock's ticking. We just saw you, you must get people to show up uh, that just because of the cartoon that are fans. Right? They make you things. Or oh they're oh so- yeah. I mean, I get more uh, love from roast battle. Frankly, uh, I was at a game. Uh, I went to a hockey game. Uh, the Nashville Predators and uh, the Dallas Stars mm-hmm. uh, in Nashville. Yeah, great atmosphere. Uh, and I had a couple of people. Billing. You're the guy from Roast Battle, right? <laughs> so, uh, well, you do have a certain look about you. People will recognize you. I mean, I'm a weird looking dude. Like a I, weird looking dude. You're just a you fucking you 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 are a good looking guy, and you're you're but you you stand out. You're 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 you're. I would say you look 70s more. Like you fit right into. I'm dying up here. <laughs> the way you look. When I see those glasses, I fucking bought a pair of glasses because those are those are Earl Skakels. I'm fucking buying those, so I got those ones. I wear them around because they remind me of you. But, but yeah, I mean, but I don't get a lot of love from like people going, "Hey, you're on. I'm dying up here," because uh, I had a beard. And uh, but yeah, I mean, that was a fun show to uh, you know work on. I mean, the cast was like, wow, this is like to see it to be in a table read with Melissa Leo. It's like, wow, this is an actress. 
Mm-hmm. Like, wow. It was like uh, being in an acting school, watching her. She's won an Oscar. So it's like, yeah. Uh, and then to see like Rick Overton, who like. Rick Overton's insanely talented. Like. Also insane, but he's insanely talented. Oh, he's like, because he was on that, on uh, the show. He was the booker of The Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I'm such a fan of his. Like, uh, uh, he's, he's, uh, first time I met him, he was doing um uh back not back a few uh, bill and ted's excellent adventure the tv show that was the first time i met him i mean he's been around like yeah a long time and like so to see him but and, always talented and always second guessing himself and you never never you know don't 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 second guess yourself you're 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 fantastic you're you're unique you're fucking you got something that everybody wants in this business and that's you so you know, you know how many guys that just do like every time somebody becomes famous. I remember when Gaffigan became famous, there was just all these knockoffs of Gaffigan. You know, you were never like that. You were just yourself. But there's a lot of knockoffs of you. Like I see people trying to do your crowd work and oh really and uh, well not like your my, jokes. My but, favorite. My favorite is my uh, the knockoffs of Bert. Oh right. <laughs> they just take off their shirt. I'm like, this for a little fucking. <laughs> well, I did do that before him. Like, no, that's that's what I've done. You, you, you were naked for a different reason. I'm talking like guys trying to make it part of their human. You were you were just fucking. You were out of your mind. I mean, if you remember at the last show of, for the Ian Bag show at the Vancouver yeah. Comedy Festival, well, the first two uh, shows, I think there was tension. Amongst the cast, I don't re- really remember why. This is about two thousand five ish. Um, yeah, we are. So we're we are in Vancouver, and there, uh, Louis Anderson's boyfriend. I don't even know if we're allowed to say that, cool. but uh, but A G. We'll just say A G. A guy that lived with Louis. Uh, <laughs> Louis. Louis. Um, I Louis was very good to me. Oh, he's the best. And and he, I was starting the show, and he said, "Hey." Let this guy help produce this. He's very good at organizing things, and he'd like to produce this. He, uh, I was like, yeah, and he, he was, he was, he was, he was, he was good at it, and he helped us out, and and he really wanted to be a producer in show business, and I'm I just wanted to be a stand up and just want to be funny. So I'm like, okay, go ahead. So we're doing the thing, but he had an assistant that worked for him that was a complete little douchebag, and we paid for all these people to go to vancouver and we were at a party and he started punching people you remember oh wow he might have been on alcohol he was all liquored up and he started punching people and i just grabbed him by the throat and moved him out of the building see i didn't know that and he he from there on thought i was the dick but he had already started and i'm just like look man i bring you here you fucking represent me right you're on my show you fucking you, you you handle yourself with decorum and if you want to get all liquored up and go fucking fight somebody, you don't do it at an event for the festival, which we're at. So that was that was what that was about. See, I this is like 15 years later or yeah, whatever. Well, yeah, that was also was about. I was just like, don't, don't, no, fuck, no, man. But I just remember the first two shows were not rough. I mean, they were still good and all. Cause They're okay. The first two shows were okay, and then we got our we got our groove on the third one. Well, I think the third one, I just remember there seemed to be an attitude from you to me to you know Patrick Keene to everyone was fuck it, let's just do it. Well, that was the thing. I was just like, let's just have fun. some people. Some people um, uh, were were thinking it was supposed to be 
more and we're we're really concerned that it might sell as a show and we're concerned about being being something on the show the people that i enjoyed just were the people that just wrote jokes <laughs> came up with stupid ideas had fun didn't work like if this sold we if you get if i get a job i get a job and i, I would i would ask my friends and i say it's not about getting a job from this show it's about getting it's about helping you get a job someplace i don't know if you remember i used to say that all the time i mean no i i mean i got that was you know i was probably uh six years into comedy at that time and i thought oh i'm a pretty funny guy or whatever uh but be working like writing the monologue jokes which i think was my main gig uh i was like wow like I'm not the funniest guy in the room. Like it really made me go, wow, there's funnier people out there. There's really, there was really funny people hanging out and it was really fun to do. Andrew Wontok fucking took off with Tosh and worked for Tosh and now works for, uh, you know, as a producer on another show. We created some, we created some, you, I consider one of those people that we created. We created some. Oh, really, for sure. Gosling. Gosling. Uh, yeah. Um, um, also um, Matt, why am I blanking on his name? little redheaded kid remember him matt um i'm blanking on his name joe bartnick is another one. Oh, joe's like uh, killing it right yeah, now so you know there's there's people out there it's just it's just one of those things it's just and then we had some other people that were kind of hanger on johnny had, doom Johnny doom we had well i guess there was a little bit of some people have been through a program and thought they would bring the people from the program into the show. So we did have some, we just had these kind of hanger ons and it was, it was, it was just, you know, it was tiring. And then some people, you know, uh, you know, I consider Brian Irwin a really good friend, but he wanted it to make money and he wanted money in his pocket. And if it wasn't making money, he didn't want to be part of it. So I ended up having to pay him to be part of it because you know, it was those kind of those things. But I used to we used to make a little bit of money and we used to have a party every once in a while. And just it, it was fun. It was just it was fun. I just it was sad when it it was sad when it came to an end, but it came to an end. And I just wish if it had started three years later, I think it would have been a great I think it would have been a great YouTube show. Oh, I think it was Tosh before Tosh. And that's not a shot of Tosh. Like, but it was like you know you see some of the wacky bits that he would do it's like well we were doing that i mean yeah. not that bit but like you no know, we were we used to do all sorts of stupid things it was that we used to we used to do a thing where we'd follow people around in, in cars and videotape them to see how bad they were driving and then we'd yeah make the crowd play asian or old and they had to guess whether they were asian or old and and they were driving we did we did we did just stupid beginnings they would you know, you remember Rob? Um, uh, the, uh, the, he was—he's the blonde hair guy that looked like. Um, um, <laughs> I mean, there's so many characters. Yeah, it was, yeah it was so it was—it was insane. I mean, the, the talent that was on that show was insane. Big Larry, Larry Hansen, Larry Hansen, and uh, lives in Phoenix. Jumbo, uh, the VJ, the, like he's a VJ now. Jumbo, uh, good-looking oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, but he had some funny. I don't think he was a comic, but no, uh, I, I, I just we just used to have guys that just hung out. You know, that were the thing about stand up that I that, 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 that kind of bums me out about stand ups. We forget the everyday person is funny too. There's some really fun. They maybe not be able to go on stage and be able to be funny at a certain time, and that's what holds them back from being a stand up. But they're fucking just as funny. I never get mad when somebody in the crowd says something funny. I always laugh because it's just, it's just, it's, 
everybody's funny. But I mean, that show was such a uh, like a look behind the curtain of how the business works. Of oh wow, because there were shows that got on the air after ours. That yeah. was like oh this, I thought our show was at least well, as we, good. We were up. There was. We were up. We we were a bunch. Of, we had a bunch of networks that were involved with us, and just went with different people. People went with Comedy Central. Went with Tosh, and uh, F, wasn't FX involved? Uh, FX and E. E went with uh, Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, like we had people from E chasing us for quite a bit. You know, and we just uh, we just never closed any deals. I mean, it's just such a fascinating. Uh... It was a, was one of those almost shows. But there's so like even I'm dying up here was like it gets canceled, but like uh, Celebrity Big Brother gets picked up, like which is like oh. the, I mean it's not the same type of show, but like it's like how is that picked up? I mean like yeah, look at the comics on I'm dying up here: Al Madrigal, yeah, uh, Eric Griffin, Santino, yeah, uh, Brad Garrett, who I thought should have won an Emmy for season two. Like he's yeah. it was great. I didn't really know. Uh, what a good actor he was. He's a great actor. I wish he'd get out of sitcoms. I know he does them for the money, but his 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 serious acting is pretty and pretty insanely talented. If you watch I'm Dying Up Here season two for any reason, please watch it for Brad Garrett's acting. Like that's great. Uh, and he was so nice to me. Like we we didn't have a lot of interaction, but like we would talk hockey because you know he lives in Vegas. He's a Vegas Knights guy, and you know is he. But he was so nice. Like he was like, this guy's a big star. Like, yeah, he doesn't have to be nice to anybody. Like he could just he's a nice guy. Come do his lines, kind of be standoffish, and mm -hmm. he was like really nice to the everyone. And, so. and was that produced by uh, uh, by Michael Aguilar? Uh, Dave Flabot was the real, uh, well, not the real, the uh, the main writer. Um, but it wasn't a Jim Carrey. Oh yeah, yeah. He, uh, you know, he was there uh, from time to time. I was. That surprised me that they didn't they didn't they canceled it with just being but I'm guessing they maybe made a choice we you, you do that other we did take the other show that he did about the kids show yeah I mean that I'm guessing that's what they said you got to make a choice between one or the other well I think the problem uh, was also it didn't have a great social media game which is important uh, I don't want to say unfortunately but like uh, a little like I think on Instagram it had like maybe eighteen hundred followers why did they not have somebody working that you think they would i mean uh and on twitter they didn't have very many they had maybe 2300 uh followers uh so i i just you know and i i think a lot of people don't get showtime but you know then ray donovan's a hit so like that's probably not the best excuse uh i did my first special my first hour special was on showtime and then i ended up selling my second one to to um um amazon because they told me we'd like to buy it but we we can't we can't put you on for at least three years well, it, they, they just didn't have they just said they just didn't have the room like they were overwhelmed with product so but then know. they just put on uh brendan shop uh his specials coming yeah but it's it, it, that that and, and that's not a shot at him no like, no it's not a shot but that's that's they have bought they've bought things from certain people so they've bought like the the production company that did him may already have a slot on showtime okay that that's that's the difference like i was coming in as an independent producer i mean that's why i uh really admire uh, tony hinchcliffe's special uh, from the standpoint of he filmed it himself 
sold it to Netflix. And, and, you know, I, you know, like you were talking earlier, I should do that something, possibly something like that. But, yeah. You know, that's, uh, I like guess. Tripoli, the way Tripoli yeah. did, you know, um, you, you know, love him or hate him. Uh, um, fucking Louis C.K. did the same thing. Like, you know, sold his for $5 a peep. Well, he might have to do that for the yeah. next oh, one. He's fine. He's fine for money. I'm not worried about him at all. Guy well, made $47 million one year. Good for him. You know. He's going to need it. For attorneys. Yeah, he's not going to get sued. He's 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 back doing stand up. He, he doesn't apologize to anybody. He doesn't he doesn't care. He just doesn't care. He's just doesn't care. Well, I think his apology wasn't the greatest. His I, apology was he didn't care. He's like, "Oh, I didn't mean it. I thought I asked." <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's all it has, has your comedy changed at all in no. this uh, political more? I mean, it's such a crazy You uh, stick to your guns and people do you I mean, you were never uh, like uh, a, a creepy comic in the first place, but like, yeah. But my my show, if you really get to the heart of my show, it's it's not exclusive, you know. Like, it's I do um, I turn my show into hanging with a bunch of friends, right? I and I I, I consider everybody equal. So if I tease you, it's because I consider you one of the people. And I think we should tease everybody. I think if when you leave somebody out of being teased, that separates them from the herd. That 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 leaves the kid in the wheelchair out of things if you don't say to him, you've got wheels. You know? I mean, it's just so frightening to me that one tweet these days can take you down. Whether it's true or not. It's gonna get worse. I, I was watching technology today where they can they can make it look like you're saying stuff and it's not you. So, you know, it's, 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 you, you, you got to, just got to do your thing. That's life. I mean, just like when I saw Steel Panther, like, how are you guys doing these jokes? I mean, this, oh, my God, it's amazing. you just said you're going to follow some girl out to her car if she leaves and rape her. Now, of course, <laughs> everyone knew, but like one YouTube video of that from a feminist or, I don't know, a gay dude. Yeah, the people that they're going to follow, they're, they're going to protest that are, the, 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 they're never going to a Steel Panther show. And that was what what didn't make sense to me about Kathy Griffin. Remember when she had all that the stuff? Head, that, yeah. The Trump's and, head. And they said that it ruined her career. I'm like, none of those people that complained ever went to her show. So it, this doesn't make sense at all. Like, you may not get a new following, but the people that are going to see you are going to keep going to see you. And they're not the people that complain about that. They're the people that laugh along with you because they get it. So that's the way you have to look at things. But I think there's a lot of trolling that goes online. Like I had either you can either I, I, I when I get trolled, I just mute it. So they think they're trolling. I don't even know what's going on. Well, there's that option. And then I know Chris D'Elia seems to enjoy engaging them, which I, you know, I used to. But he really go. He can be, like he'll start a dialogue with each troll. It's pretty funny to me. I, I don't have the energy anymore. No, uh, I'll send out. Like I had someone. Uh, I think I put a picture of the jellies on Instagram the other day. Uh, it was a clip, and uh, uh, an African American lady accused me of being racist, and me using the show as a vehicle to uh have my homophobic and racist views thrown out there and i'm like do you realize that i'm literally the only white guy in the show like but it, they don't do they well i try to no i well i guess not but i mean they they, like, don't explain it you're like that's she's got that belief right there you can't help her but it's an all-black cast except for me 
uh, the, the creators, Tyler, the creator and his writing partner, they're black. Uh, you know, it's like, how is this racist? I gotta go. I got my, my, I gotta go to Tyler, the creator's store because my buddy that I grew up with playing hockey, golf his, media, his, his daughter is a crazy Tyler, the creator fan. She's like 13 years old. And he goes, can you send me some stuff? So I gotta go there. He, but he, you know, he gets it though. Like, he's so nice to everyone on the cartoon like it's like a oh, family cool. now take a picture with him and send uh, sign it and have it signed give uh, give this broad uh, berry jelly berry jelly this broad see you say that I, i'm concerned about doing the wrong thing and then some 13 year old give this broad jelly i love it <laughs> why i don't know why, why you'd ever be concerned you're just so funny we're just we're just we're just funny that's all where our job is to take the tragedy the mundane everything like that and turn it funny like when they got mad at louis i'm like that's our job to take the absolute tragedy and let people laugh at it i mean i i, I kind of think the joke uh, was pr to me it was funny it, obviously it's a horrible uh right. you know you're not laughing at the situation you're laughing at the joke just the the image he put in my head of some skinny scared kid pushing the fat kid into the shooter i mean that's pretty it's funny, funny. Yeah. uh i just think maybe uh since louis apology maybe wasn't the best he's not good at apologizing um that uh it, it almost was too soon but i do like how he just said uh I, i'm gonna do it I don't, I don't, he went rogue. Yeah. Which What's I he got to lose. Wife, I like it when a person just says, I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to apologize. This is my humor. Like when Gilbert Godfrey did the 9-11 uh, joke a week later in right. New York. Yeah. Like, I was like, wow, that's pretty ballsy. Pretty ballsy, but it's also a pressure valve. It releases the pressure, man. But I just think, uh, and I think the joke was something. He was it was the Hugh Hefner roast, and he he said, "I'm sorry, I'm late." And my plane had to stop off at the Empire State Building. It's like Jesus in New York. That's great. I mean, like a week He's later. Awesome. Uh, so, uh, what's next for Ian Bag? Now, before you say that, we're gonna cut the Instagram live feed. I like to give the audience a tasty. Oh, and then if they want to hear the rest of the podcast. They got to go to Apple Podcast and listen yeah, to the like whole it. thing. That's Where fun. can people find you on Twitter? And they can find me at uh, Real Ian Bag, um, and then Ian Bag on Instagram, uh, Ian Bag Comedy on Facebook, IanBag.com or is Ian Bag. Yeah, just go to IanBag.com. That's that should have probably just said that. Become fans of Ian Bag. He's one of my mentors, one of the good ones. We got twenty six seconds remaining on this video. I guess I cap it. So uh, Ian Bags one of the best become fans of his what's next Ian bag for you what's next uh i've created a couple things and i'm in process i actually just sold something can you talk about it yet no good for you so i can't i can't and i'm creating a couple things i actually have something i'm doing a sizzle that i might need you on i'm in yeah that's how uh much of a whore i am i don't even know what the project is i love it I can't, I can't, I can't talk about it here, but we'll maybe talk about it afterwards. Well, I mean, like I said, I, if, if you're interested, if you're interested just working with me, we'll, uh, we'll just, let's just say I, I will, I, it's off the offers there. I'm going to probably have a couple people do some, uh, things. I'm a one man operation, which explains why I'm getting the perfect picture for you. 
There we go. One more shot on three, one, two, three. See, you know, Rogan has like five people helping him on the podcast. Shout out to Papa Joe. Always nice to me. Does, does he have just five? Well, he might. I know he's got producers and whatnot. And, like a, uh, his people are rabid. But that's who I want as fans. Yeah. Like, uh, like if they said he did something, if, if the people can come after him, they just he doesn't have to go after them. Oh, they're not because they all go after him like that. That's the kind of fans I'd like. Just, just, just sit back. We'll take care of this. Well, who are your fans? Well, my fans. Uh, you know what? I'm. Uh, it's funny. I'm 51 percent female. Enjoy Ian Bag. Well, you're quite the ladies' man. Uh, before, before, and I don't mean uh, wolfing around, but I mean like I was always. Uh, I, like when we do shows at the Friars Club in Beverly Hills and really in Hermosa too, like, uh, you know, I would think because you're a hockey guy and the heavy metal guy that your fan base, like, I would say my fan base skews more men. Mine but doesn't. You, but you, uh, do you think it's because they like your, um, uh, not cockiness, but like yourself, uh, like you're, you come off as incredibly confident. Which, until I get off stage and I fall apart. Uh, no, um, I think they just enjoy a good laugh. I think people, I think people, I don't have, um, my show, oh my God, this is some entertainment. You make me think, you make me think. My show doesn't, it doesn't skew towards trying to meet women. That's not what it, like the show, sometimes guys skew towards meeting women i feel women feel safe during my show even though it's offside does that make sense right like the, sh the show's offside I, I i love i love saying things and letting my mind go to places and 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 i think that's the i think that that's the way that i think just as many guys like me as women it just seems to be um you know it just it just a little bit more skewed i skew my my ratings skew higher towards women and do you uh but i don't think they're there because well, like when dane when dane skewed higher towards women because they all wanted to fuck him and with me they just feel safe well like have a good time when he was blowing up but he was almost like an 80s metal band like a poison like where he all his punchlines came from his hips if you watch any of his videos he just used to thrust his he thrusts all his punchlines he was like the kiss of comics and i mean that as a, a complimentary it probably comes off as like a roast battle jab but like you know if you heard him do a joke on a cd without seeing the visual you mean that's ah, okay yeah. you know uh but you see him live you're like this is the greatest comic i've ever seen yeah this is crazy this is this is an event yeah i mean do you think that was part barry katz's uh marketing strategy or was it i don't think barry katz is as brilliant as everybody makes him out to be I think Barry Katz is very smart at being at the right place at the right time. That, that's key. Yeah. Um, so what can people see you on upcoming? Anything good coming uh, up? I have the Amazon thing special out right now. How do people get it? They can go to Amazon Prime. I have both. I have my first special that was on Showtime, Ian Bag Getting to Fucking Know You, and also Ian Bag Conversations on there. Uh, go to my, uh, go to my uh, Pandora and also Spotify. I'm also very proud of my uh, my podcast, which is Ian Bag Bought a House. It's all about me buying a house on the eastern shore of Virginia, and I'm renovating it. And it's all about me talking with my uh, friend who's a contractor and us going through uh, stupid things. It's just kind of fun. It's just, you know, there's a lot of stupidity, and there's also you can learn a little bit if you own a house or you rent a house. We can teach you some things. Now, are you moving there? 
No, it's a summer house. Because LA is the place you have LA to be. LA is the place. Yeah, I'm in Long Beach. So I'm in the outskirts of LA. That's as far as I'm getting away from this town. Do you like doing comedy in New York? I love it. Yeah, I'll be there at the end of uh, February. Where will you be? I will be at Gotham Comedy Club. Are you past at the cellar? Yes. Do you perform there a lot? Uh, I did. Like when I lived out there, that's where I would pass there. I was, you know, I passed with, I'm pretty sure I got Tom Papa in there. Um, but I like that was, you know, uh, Dave. Uh, there, there, it was, there was, I used to love going there. I used to host and it was, I would start at 7.30 or 8 and it would go all the way till 2 a.m. And if I can, if I can say something, uh, you know, there's a there's another guy that that just passed away yeah i saw that yeah he started out there william stevenson he he used to host there all the time he used to play piano he used to make me happy he was he was one of one of the nicest guys one of the nicest biggest dicks i've ever met he would just bring you back to earth and then and then give you a little tap on the bum and say keep going bro you know so yeah it's you know was we talked about people leave this business and he didn't become famous. He he remember Jeff Ross had a special on on Comedy Central and there was a guy playing piano. It was William. That was William. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's just you know it's it's a bummer. Like you know you lose so many uh, people that you know it's, it's a business of excess. You know you know how uh, when when you were a kid you said I want to live forever. Right. I I say more. I want my friends to live forever. That's that's because. No point in living forever if you don't have your friends. So yeah. So well, it's just such a uh, you know you lose track of people. Like you know you go into different circuits and well, this business, the more successful you get, the less time you get to hang with your friends. Yeah, I mean it's uh, if you're on a TV show, that's I mean I'm dying up here was like, yeah like it was 17 hour days like it was yeah. crazy uh, and. and you know, so if you're traveling and, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, some of those guys like Al would have to do a 17 hour shoot and then get on a plane to go to, you know, South Carolina to do a college and then yep. come back the next day. It's like he doesn't have time. To say, hey, Ian, how are you? Yeah. He wants to say hi to his wife and maybe and see how, how much his kids grew up, you know. So. All right. Well, Ian Bag, you're the king. Earl, I'm glad you're doing well, bro. I mean, you were the uh, the jump start six years into the career, so I owe you a thank you for making me realize I had to work a lot harder. Because you know, for six years, I was people would call me the Dane Cook of shitholes. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that place became a Walgreens. <laughs> yeah. So, well, and you also gave me a joke that I still do to this day. When and this is what I also admired about you, uh, and I tried to take this from you. You, you know, you are are uh, a big TV comic to uh, all of us who look up to you. But you would always go to like a shitty room, like McReds or I love uh, doing it. Yeah, Philly West, which was the cheesesteak place. Yeah, and I remember when I didn't know you that well. One night in the back of Philly West, uh, I think it was maybe pretty soon after i uh, gave you the light five minutes into mcred's you just started looking at me in the back table and go dude you should do a joke at how big your fucking head is <laughs> and I'm like in my mind i was like well fuck you man like you're no fucking male model no either su- no sweetness like your head's as big as mine <laughs> yeah but i'm not a kennedy right <laughs> and then uh you gave me that joke yeah. of uh 
my head is so big. If I was riding shotgun with JFK, he'd still be alive. <laughs> still be alive today. <laughs> so thank you for giving the joke. I still use in my act 10 years later. One more question. Yeah. Because I really, I know a lot of comics listen to this podcast. Uh, how often do you write new material? I try to, I, I sometimes, I very rarely, only when I get jobs do I sit down and write jokes. Like I get jobs every once in a while. And I'll sit down and write jokes and I... I write uh, one for them, one for me, one for them. That's what I do. But I try to find something that interests me every day, so I have it in my mind, and then it'll. Then when I get on stage, it'll it it can create something. So you write almost on like you'll you'll watch say uh, the news, uh, and you'll see uh, I don't know uh, something about not Trump, but yeah, I'll see something. But I'll go. There's something funny there, but I don't know what's funny. But I'll figure it out on stage. That's pretty ballsy, man. I got to write something down. Really? Well, I have to write an idea down. Like, uh, uh, you know, um, what did I see? A news story today that uh, there was a passenger so fat on a Southwest Airlines flight that (laughs) he made the stewardess wipe his ass. Oh, my God. And so I had to just write that down. There's definitely something funny there. Yeah, fucking goals. But and she said like she she did it like she, she put it. the rubber glove on she wiped his ass and then the guy was getting sexually aroused so you know there's something like oh, creepy. You know, but I don't know if I would have the balls that you do to go okay I'm gonna go on stage with just that in my head and flesh it out no that's the way I do it yeah well if comics do listen to this show and I'm sure they do I, I just hope they love doing stand up that's one of the thing that. One of the things that I always knew about you from the moment I met you was that you love doing stand-up. I do. You know, and, and you respect the stage and you respect the fact that you get to do it. And it's, it's, it's one of the things that, you know, throughout the years, it's always stood out to me. But you also, it's the worst thing to do to go into a meeting. Like even this meeting I recently had, they're like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I just love doing stand-up. And the, you can tell I have the collective yeah. gasp in the room of, oh, bro, there's no money in that. At your at your fame level, which is basically like pretty low on the totem pole. Like you got to get on, like you got the cartoon. Like we can get you a stand-up gig, maybe right. a Netflix special or something when the cartoon hits. Right. But uh, yeah, we don't want to cut your 20 bucks at the comedy store. And I get it. They got to see more than that, though. They got to see. They got to see it. Like you, you have. You can be Tom Segura, or or I'd love to, or be. You know, I I say Tom Segura because he's so low energy, right? And he is just as famous as any of those guys. You know, what I mean, he is just he is just a monster. And you correct. And you can you can. Oh, so. I, I'm on like. Here's the problem. I, I'm no tech savviness at all, so I, everything I'm, rings at the same time. All Apple products. That's so awesome. It starts with the Mac Pro, and then the, the iPad, and then the phone. So sorry. Anybody, I'll, I'll end with this. Anybody that you'd go with for a management must see your dream as you do it, right? And and, and not see other things that you're. You know, they got to see your dream. Okay, sure, sure. They make you 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 do a bunch of voice stuff. You do a bunch of commercials. You do a bunch of things, and you make a ton of money doing that. But they also got to see your dream of being stand up because stand up's number one. I just I get a I still get a sexual high from it. Like as you should, you should be boned up every time you come off. Well, and I, I, I fucking I was at I was at uh, the Laugh Factory tonight, and I came off, and Pip, Jeremy Piven had to follow me. I was like, 
enjoy, you know, like boner. <laughs> well, let me, well, you know, I was uh, talking to him once in the back area of the comedy store and I, I'm sure he's a nice guy. Like I got nothing against the guy. Uh, I got nothing against Michael Rappaport. Right. Uh, who am I to sit there and say this person shouldn't do comedy. Oh, they should do stand-up at uh, McGreds and stuff like that. But like Jeremy Pevin was like, hey, because he saw people talking to me, so I think he thought, okay, this guy's someone in the comedy world. Right. And he just comes up to me and goes, you know, bro, I think I got this. I'm like, oh, dude, you don't have this. <laughs> I didn't say that to him, but oh, like... Fuck, yeah. Uh, no, you those know. guys haven't felt they're fucking... They haven't bombed. Well, I think I, they I, have. I think when they do, they, they're oblivious to it, too. Well, I mean, I get, uh, I don't know. I just wish, uh, why is it that comedy seems to be the last gasp for people who have run out of options? Is it, is it because, like, to me, and part of the so reason. much money in it, man. But part of the reason, like, I never really loved Last Comic Standing was, and there were some great comics on it, Alonzo Bowden, Ralphie, right. uh, many others. But, like, they show comedy in, like, one or two-minute clips, and I think it gives people like actors or models or whoever, oh, all I need is a couple minutes. And what they don't yeah. realize about someone like you is you've done comedy for 25 fucking years. You've got several hours uh, specials out. You probably have combined probably, what, 15 hours of material? Uh, what, I got some. I got, but yeah, but let's say 15 hours. Okay, 15 hours. So that's a lot of that two minutes is finely tuned from those 15 hours. You just, I don't know. Right. But they can just go, they can go to a club in Canada or Iowa and make 25 grand for a weekend. Oh, I get the financial aspect. That's why they're there. They're, they're not there for the love of it. Yeah, they go. I I respect I respect when they show up at at the Laugh Factory or the comedy store or the or the improv and they go up and they do 10 minutes. I respect that if they're still doing that. I I do respect it the fact that they're actually putting a little bit of effort into it. Well, uh, hopefully uh I get me too and I'll just get into acting. <laughs> It's going to storm onto the next Michael Rappaport film and go, okay, I'm here. I'm here, bro. What are my lines? Love June prison break. <laughs> I'll see you at the haha. Inappropriate Earl SoundCloud and iTunes. What is the name of your podcast? So, and can bag bought a house. And can people find it on Apple Podcasts? Apple Podcasts or uh, uh, Facebook, or it is also on YouTube if they want to watch it. SoundCloud and Stitcher? Yes, everything. Okay, so uh, please uh, become fans of Ian. Like, you know, 25 years in the game, uh, there's still much it's more nice. to be. Uh, scoped from his comic mind 25 more and can people see the inback show anywhere online there's are there no, i was just talking to brian Irwin about that apparently somebody's boyfriend stole all the tapes <laughs> that is i'll leave with this my favorite memory is the very first writers meeting i had with you guys i think someone had left the show and, and, and you said hey do you want to come in and check it out and i remember being in a really nice house uh in the hills above sunset and uh Everyone was just talking about over ideas. And then all of a sudden, uh, to my left, I see in the kitchen Louis Anderson in his underwear. It's nothing better. And uh, he signaled for me to come over. And I, I, was, I didn't put it together. It was his house. Uh, and he's like, what's your name? <laughs> Skankle. I don't like it. And he puts his hand on my shoulder. And he's like, you look funny, but I got to go take a shit right now. And that was my, I was like, oh, uh, so Louie. So sweet Lou. Sweet Lou. I hope you're listening. Sweet Lou. Hope you had a good poo. 
And Dr. Ken. Dr. Ken. He's the best. If everyone was like him in this business, yeah. I wouldn't be so bitter. He's so nice. Uh, so congrats to Dr. Ken. Uh, love you, Earl. Uh, love you, Ian. Become fans of Ian Bag. Buy his special. Stream him. Watch him. Uh, go see him. Uh, you, uh, comedy anywhere uh, where people can see you coming up? I got uh, Irvine next week on the 6th. Uh, Hermosa Beach, uh, the first Tuesday of every month. Um, what, what do we got? Uh, Kentucky. I don't know. It's all on the schedule. Go to all right, so go to ianback.com. Uh, you can it's a one stop shopping and, and uh, go see Ian live. Ian, you talk about Dane Cook being like Kiss. Ian can tell you a joke right now. You will laugh. You see him live. It's the whole package. So okay. support my friends. Next week we're gonna have my special secret guest from the Fox Show One Year, LA to Vegas, a show that met an early demise but was very funny long live it crashed and burned long live dylan mcdermott as captain dave nice. inappropriate earl